Nina Movie Boys wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I think that's that. I think that's Tekken. Yeah, I think that's Tekken. I'm I'm remembering it from an episode of Spaced that that had Tekken in it and then was spoofed in in Spaced the Simon Pegg uh, right. situational comedy. So this is Tekken via Simon Pegg, um, which more or less represents my my total experience with the Tekken video game series. Uh, so so I was more I was more into Rise of the Robots, which I thought was better <laughs> in every conceivable way, uh, and and Primal uh, Rage and Eternal Champions. Um, actually, really is that that is the trifecta of fighting games that I played as a child. Um, because I could never play the other ones. So that's... If 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 a Primal Rage movie wants to happen, or if anyone wants to give Rise of the Robots a go, then, you know, do a film of them. Then you're talking to someone who knows his shit. But Tekken, not so much. And I'm in the same Tekken, position. So My wife played Tekken. Uh, that was something she was into. And and actually, I you know I should have brought that up with her. I I should, before... we, we should have brought her onto the podcast. Yeah, and, she'd and have... she could have talked about Tekken. I mean, she probably doesn't actually know anything about Tekken either. Just like to do the fightings. Um... But she could have talked to us about the fightings, like like how good was it to punch, um, like Paul. Yeah, I think that's a name. Is it Paul? The... Paul and, and Steve, Jonathan and Steve, and and Charles and Scott. And Pamela, uh, Christine. Yeah, those all sound right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stella from accounting. Uh, I. Yeah, so I don't really know anything about Tekken. I have almost no experience with Tekken. I uh, Tekken came about initially when um, 2D fighters were still really really good and really refining and uh in arcades and so i i was like not interested in that because i was like well this is this is too early for this i'm not into yeah yeah even as a kid i remember seeing uh it on tv like maybe on games master or cybernet or one of those old video game shows back in the uk in the the early early days and i i, I swear i remember like one of my first real glimpses of 3d gaming was paul from tekken with his yellow bart simpson hair and he looked like bart simpson like drawn by a three-year-old in in those sort of graphics of the time and i was like this looks shit yeah this looks like something i will never play uh, and those were the early days of that and, and even as a as a kid i looked at it and was like that oh oh no but well, I probably in... didn't go off. No, I, 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 I didn't behave like like a that that yeah. foppishly as a child. But, but coming in days. early as they did, like I guess that sort of secured them a position. Because it's hard, it's hard for me too much. I tried to like get some grasp of what Tekken is. I did do some research. Yes, so did I. Yes, we both uh, we we were talking about this before we started recording. We we both wicked up, yeah. and not just not just Wikipedia. Like like I went into fan wiki to see what was up. Yep. Uh, all this talk of you know 
Kazuya's true intent was revealed because of Devil, and then Devil, of course, had Angel to happen to it, and Hihachi was there for a minute, and then yeah. then wasn't for a minute, and then there's Hihachi, uh, and is this the one that had the little dinosaur in one of them, or is that a different one? I don't even know the different fighting games. I, is it I... Fatal Fury, the the guy that had the, the mask, like the, the big mask as big as his head? Not as big as his head, like big, way bigger than his head, because that was like the one I fought with because I like masks. Uh, and my brother fought the other one uh, when we were in Spain, Mallorca, when we were kids. And uh, I kicked him in the leg because it was 50 pesetas to put in the arcade machine. And he said if he beat me, he'd let me uh, take over because it was my 50 pesetas. And of course, he didn't let me take over. He, he still played it, so I kicked him hard on the leg and uh, ran off. And hid behind some bushes, I think, and watched him leave. And he was looking for me. And then I scrambled it back to uh, Nan and Granddad, back to the the little place on the resort where we were staying. And uh, th- that was sort of safe then, safe from his wrath, safe from retribution. I I'm sorry. Well, I have just this amazing visual of this whole thing playing out, and it is adorable. It was a good time. I it's adorable. It. I'm just I, I I'm, I'm imagining a little you in some shrubbery, <laughs> like Sean Spicer. <laughs> oh, that's charming. Good times. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't play it in there, and I guess it's developed into something that is interesting to people because there are all these fan sites, and it it does have this sort of complex lore. But I just don't I don't get anything about it. Um, and I, as I understand it, the film doesn't really all that effectively portray the world of Tekken. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, it didn't seem to be, I was trying to see how much of it sort of rang true. And it's like, I could see some thematic consistency with some, with the characters and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got a good, uh, look for a lot of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was impressed that they, you know, they didn't go the whole way, but but they actually did the Hihachi hair and everything. Yeah. Um, and then that was cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it didn't seem like it was all that, that closely familiar. Yeah. Law-wise but, and background-wise. But I'm, but I'm okay with dis- that. Like I was fine with it because we'd, we've, you know, the last film we watched was Assassin's Creed. And and I was just relieved to watch a movie. This was a and, movie. And yeah, yeah. In fact, having come off the back of Assassin's Creed, I was shocked by how much of a movie this was. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should just get into it. Cause it's... We should maybe get into what is Tekken the movie. And I should point out, because there was... Oh, yeah, yeah there was some uh, confusion. Um it was. It's the live action one. Yes. Yeah, the first yeah, the live action. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, yeah. Live action film. Where there's a live action one, there's usually a good chance that's the one we'd be doing first before we were to do an animated version of said film. Um, yeah. As, as a rule of thumb, unless well, there's so much more to, to work with when you have human performers. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well. Yeah. Unless you're Angry Birds. <laughs> you know, uh, so so there's that. I, I, I'm, I'm 
No, I'm not going to say what I was about to say about Angry Birds 2. Let's just get on with Tekken. Voiceover dialogue reveals that in the near future... Is our voiceover dialogue back? Yeah, it's back. It's back. Oh, oh, actually, before you start, Mm -hmm. um, just because we are coming off the back of Assassin's Creed... Uh, I did make a list of what this movie has in like the first ten minutes, um, not not in detail, just as this quick punch bullet point list of of how much more exciting and therefore how much more excited I was. Right in the first minute of this film, we have the following smorgasbord. Right, dystopian city, running, jumping, an American flag torn up a bit. Someone literally says that's gotta hurt after they hurt someone. Shooting one of those bands that do the music. Right, a poster that says strength through unity. A chicken gets shot. Cool soldiers that look like ninja fencers with machine guns. That's the first minute. Oh, God. Okay, all right. First of all, uh, the song that you're talking about, it's by a band called Sick Puppies. It's called You're Going Down. Uh, it, was also, it was also used as the song for a WWE event. Uh, <laughs> yes, of so, course There it you was. go. Yeah. Of course it was. Yeah, they were all into that shit at that period. Um, yeah, that was shortly after I stopped watching uh, the wrestling stuff. Um, sort of and- gave that up. And, yeah. and, and we are going to talk about those fucking jackhammers because they are awesome. But let me get through this uh, voiceover yeah. crap. Um, uh, so, uh, hold on. One, one more, one more uh, thing. Because um, <laughs> that was just the first minute. But I do also just want to point out the other lists I made within the first 10 minutes. Just a couple. Um, secret internet. Uh-huh. You need 20,000 gigs for it. They haven't decided that in a world where we've gone above gigs that you're... you're use a shorthand for the larger version um no secret internet you need twenty thousand gigs for it uh hi hachi's hair though i made a point of that um buying an orange like it's a drug okay even though it's just an orange this is all in here why don't we just get tekken gestapo i had to say tekken gestapo first (laughs) i had to say it first so in the near future the terror wars lead to a collapse of all governments and they're replaced by eight corporations that are vying for global domination right and the most powerful of these is tekken and they conquer the former united states yeah yeah and and they hold an annual tournament that keeps the the masses placated with uh violent entertainment all right so that's the premise that we're working with the hunger games right so five days before the climax of the movie uh we're introduced to a young man named jin who's running from authorities through uh, the Anvil, which is this wasteland slum surrounding Tekken City. Yes. It, it is every future dystopian city you've ever seen. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty and much. Well done, and though. Like, like slickly produced and looking good. It looks good. It looks... So effort was put in. And... and, and and yeah. it's it's like double dragon effort, right? I was gonna say it's it's the world building of double dragon with a budget. Yeah, yeah. With with an I'm... actual like like double dragon, they was them like doing the best they had with what little they had, and this is like doing the second best they could do with a lot more. So like actual effort, actual like they could have gone better. But they they still went, you know? They still well, showed up to the party. I think, you know, they 
because I don't think this was all that expensive to make. I don't get that impression. Uh, there's oh, I'm some... not saying that. I'm saying I'm not saying it was. I'm saying they had a budget as compared yeah. to Double Dragon <laughs> that had some coins. That's that's fair. That they, t- that they is... tipped over a literal Double Dragon arcade machine and shook out what was in it. That's how they got the budget for Double Dragon the movie. Well, and and <laughs> that's I mean, a and here... great joke. Holy shit, that's a good one. Sorry, sorry, I really enjoyed the joke <laughs> I just told. But here, you know, this is another one of those films where the cast is largely, with like one exception, uh, stunt people. Irrelevant. Well, they're they're stunt people. They are. Well, they got actual um, martial arts people and stuff, and, yes. and a taekwondo specialist and and stunt people, and yeah, like like. So Mortal there's Kombat. commitment here like, to. Mm-hmm. To doing something that works, and and I appreciated that. Um, so, oh, but but these these authorities, the security forces that are chasing Jin through this city, they are the jackhammers. And now, it's not really made clear whether or not they're robots. Uh, yeah, my impression throughout was that they were uh, human. Right, because early on here in this early sequence, we get this conversation, you know, yeah. between them. There's a little chatter between them, and they talk like people, right? Yeah, plus there's a whole thing to show a villain's ruthlessness later that would make them have to be people, I think, for for that to have worked. Not necessarily. Otherwise, he's just a wasteful spender. <laughs> because, I don't know, it's, it's to me... It's the way other characters talk about them. It's not the jackhammers themselves who they carry on as that they're normal people. But when they're discussed by other characters, specifically like Heihachi and uh, Kazuya, uh, it sounds to me like they're robots. (laughs) And that would tie in because apparently there is a line of robot characters. Oh, the the combots are they called? In tech... Uh, they're, they're, uh, that, that's, that's another series. What series is that with the combots? I thought that was, it came up on the wiki when I was just looking around. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that is the case too, but, um. Or maybe I, I just, maybe I stumbled onto another wiki by accident because that's how little I know about fighting games, everyone. I could have stumbled onto Guilty Gear, um, and not known. But there is a line of robot characters called Jack. In Tekken, oh, so that, yeah, kind of their, yeah, their sly maybe reference. It was like, yeah, maybe it was like they are humans, um, but they are just like considered like this is to show how little they think of people that they would talk of them like this. But it's all like thematically they are robots, or maybe because they mentioned before about sort of c- cybernetic enhancements and stuff. Maybe they're just like heavily augmented or. Then I don't again, know. I mean, that's a waste of money if they are. But the costumes are awesome. They they look good. Like they it look is so like, good. it's like it, stormtroopers. I was just with about a shogun to say. theme. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, not just in terms of of look, but in terms of like, you could tell it was done with not a huge budget. Like they didn't want to spend too much money on just the rank and file. So, but they got together a bunch of sh- uh, cheap shit that looks really good together. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was always good to see them on screen, wh- whether they're robots or not, or or what. 
Like, like, come on, like, they made it explicit in Turtles. Humans in films, robots in cartoons. Yeah, get it That's together. That's what the Foot Clan are. Come get on. Get it together, Tekken. Uh, so, Jin escapes from the Jackhabbers by running into a group of other armed thugs that start their own firefight. Um... And then he visits a group of anti-corporate resistance members led by a guy named Bonner. Uh, it turns out that Jin is a Bonner. smuggler. Or... <laughs> so Jin's a, a smuggler or a thief, and he was contracted by these guys to steal a computer part so they can start some kind of secret internet or something. And I'm glad yeah. that I'm not the only one that heard secret internet. Secret internet. You need twenty thousand gigs to access it. Don't <laughs> don't forget that, right? Uh, if you ever want to get on the secret internet uh, to talk about like how bad Tekken is, then you need twenty thousand gigs, and the only way you get twenty thousand gigs, right, is with a bootleg replica Death Star. <laughs> Actually, it looked like the Apple of Eden, didn't it? It did look a bit like the Apple of Eden from Assassin's Creed, the movie, the the original motion picture uh, (laughs) Ubisoft Presents, starring Michael Fassbender, directed by some guy. (laughs) Jin's clearly, he's not one of these guys. He's not, he makes it very clear that he is not a... He walks his own path. But this this whole sequence is great. It's really great. I love this because there's a ton of world building that they pack into it. Yeah. Um, The guy who plays Bonner is awesome. And and he's a character that I I want a movie about Bonner. I really do. Because he's he's got these into old rock music and shit. Now, the music that they're playing in the background here, it's worth noting. Tekken does not have in its credits the music from the film. I don't know why. They're just not there. They forgot. Uh, yeah, I guess. I. But there's this music that's playing in the background that sounds like someone is trying really, really hard to make you think they could afford to buy the rights to a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> like it's <laughs> so as if that would as if there were enough money in the world that would put a Led Zeppelin song into this film. Yeah. Uh, and but, then they, they hammer home how they failed to do that by mentioning that last week he was playing the Beatles. Just to, like, which right. I feel is just a, like, like really hammering home how they can't afford the rights to the proper music for things. Well, and Jin doesn't know the name, doesn't remember the name of the band he heard last time. And so he calls it The Roaches, which kind of drives it. It probably is. It probably was. It probably <laughs> was The Roaches. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, another thing I really like in this scene is that there's a dispute over the currency that Jin is paid in. Uh, they mm. try to pay uh, Bonner tries to pay him in Tekken Red, and the agreement was for Global Blue. And it's so like the corporations, you know, just to drive home that these are effectively governments now. They have their own script that is yep. the currency. Um, really, really cool little. It's very well done. Yeah, this is like I said. In. It's and it's all generic stuff, and the sure. dialogue in in is so 
predictable. But um, still competently written and but performed. That's the thing. Yeah, like this is like Dark like Darksiders uh, as a video game, where it's like everything you've seen before, but done really quite well. Where you're like, okay, yeah, this is enjoyable. Very this, rote, but predict- is, uh, but but enjoyable. But, but this is the scene where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm on board with this. They are, like, I thought this was going to be shit, and clearly you have demonstrated that yes. you could be more than that. These were scenes in writing that did, uh, that they could have gotten away with not being there and still have made their money, but they they did decide to, no, 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 we, we're going to put some backstory and world, build, world building and lore in this. And um, I mentioned yeah, I, I mentioned that because there are points later at the film where I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Back on the streets, Jin stops to watch an announcement from Tekken CEO Heihachi Mishima regarding the upcoming Iron Fist tournament. And then he heads to a bar where he asks the bartender how the tournament that starts in two months is going or two days is going so far. Yep. And I'm like, wait, what? Why would you ask how it's going if it doesn't start for, <laughs> for two days? He then pays down an exorbitant tab, the, the kind that would explain away that kind of brain damage, right? Yep. And, and then That's he meets, the world building kicking in. Yeah. And then he meets with a drug dealer. A guy who's very clearly being telegraphed as a drug dealer because... And you know, yeah, there's a is... twist coming with this drug deal, right? You're going right. to be blown away by it. And and it's 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 just he's so he's got the girl on either arm, and he's all slick, and he's like, I got what you need. But what he's got is coffee and oranges and chocolate. Fucking hell! He's he's not buying an orange like a drug, is he? He absolutely is buying an wow. orange like it's a drug. And again, well, like, I... it's it's eye-rollingly predictable, trite content. But you're not rolling your eyes too hard because it is still really polished and slickly done and well acted. And it's like I'm reminded of like like the scene in Pulp Fiction where um, Vincent goes to buy drugs, goes to buy heroin. And the heroin dealer is describing his product. And I'm looking at the guy that they have in this with the coffee in the little baggie and all that. And it's just, it's, it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just well executed. Yeah. 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 They, they stick the landing and, and therefore like, I, I know the film is rated not too great. Uh, you know, it's not that well liked. Um, in fact, Nick Chester is one of the few people to have given it anything, uh, resembling a, a decent review. He's uh, on the Chester, Wikipedia. Yes, Nick Chester is on the Wikipedia page, a mutual former boss of ours, <laughs> um, formerly at Harmonix, now I believe with Epic? I, think, I believe that's Epic correct, Games. yeah. Um, but yeah, a former editor-in-chief at Destructoids who was in charge of both of us, uh, God bless his temper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that that's a fun thing. He's on the Wikipedia page for this film. Uh, because he he thought it was pretty enjoyable, and no, I'm inclined to agree. Like I'm inclined to go against the the, ma- the mainstream critique on this one. Um, you know, I, this is the hill I'll die on. I'm not afraid <laughs> to go out there and fight the controversial fight. You know, I'm going to go out there and say 
whatever the critics think, I think a little bit different that Tekken is 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 highly watchable for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, come 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 after me, you know. Like <laughs> like send your attack dogs on to me. So Jin buys coffee and orange and a chocolate bar from the drug dealer and as he's leaving, he's uh, accosted by a group of people that want him to enter Iron Fist to help them in some kind of vague way like you know for the well, good I of think, the community or I something think, i think they had the same idea jin later has ages ago and just decided that he was the best one to do it the man with no personal investment in the in their course <laughs> so it's just like by accident later he gets the motivation and the exact same plan i think that's how this works <laughs> <laughs> At the Iron Fist Arena, Heihachi checks on preparations. <laughs> when you say that quick, it's like it's the Iron Fist Arena, and I, I just I'm, I'm wondering what kind of establishment a Fist Arena is. <laughs> well, it's like Iron Chef, but for mm, fisting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, with actual medieval gauntlets. What's the secret ingredient at Iron Fist? But uh, no, I, uh, I didn't stick the lantern like this film does. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it was co- you, you, you hope it's coconut oil, right? Yeah. You hope for coconut oil. Yeah. But every once in a while, you know, they're going to drop, like, sand. And you're like, how am I going to fist with sand? Or, like, how am I gonna? And that's fist. the drama. That's the drama of it. Yeah. <laughs> Lifts uh. the, the big thing, just, you know. <laughs> so, uh, Heihachi's Insect! <laughs> put, uh, he's put his son, Kazuya, 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 yeah? Yeah, I think that's Kazuya, right. Kazuya, yeah. Yeah. Puts him in charge of the, the jackhammers for the duration of the tournament. Yeah. That's oh, not going to be significant. Out, should also point out, um, uh, Karihiyuki Tagawa is, uh, Heihachi. I'm mm-hmm. sorry if I if I mispronounced the name. I was trying to say it quickly off the top of my brain head, um, and also my phone. And uh, I'm I'm not sure if I pronounced it right. But we we've seen him before, of course, in uh, the original Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. uh, where everybody's soul was his, and he is in lots of good things like um, I'll see the man in the high castle. Mm-hmm. And he's solid in this. Yeah, well, he doesn't get given much to do, and he's no, there to but, sort of be stoic. But but he does that well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's competent. It's just I prefer to see him not so stoic. I prefer to see him you really know, ham it up a bit. Being given, not even necessarily hamming, because um, I loved him in in Man in the High Castle. Like like just yeah, he's something dignified passionate in that. about. Here he's sort of just a bit emotionless but it's not his fault it's the way he's been directed it looks oh i don't know i think there are a couple of points when you know it's this with the scenes between him and and uh kazuya that are yeah he gets to get a little angry a little bit yeah yeah you're right yeah a bit a bit yeah uh so anyway uh kazuya then suggests that maybe this would have been the right time for the old man to step down like he's really kind of like whoa yeah that's like yeah 
Well, again, this is like where they're they're just hitting like as many predictable tropes as they can. It's like let's introduce, you know, Boys. this Starscream son who wants to overtake his old man straight away as early yeah. as we can. Really, really fast, and it it was I was uh, reminded of uh, High Fidelity, one of my favorite movies, and there's this uh, seed where. John Cusack's character is reminiscing about one of the ex-girlfriends and how she would uh, never let him touch her breasts. And so when he, after being shoved off a few times there, he would try to put his hand up her pants. And it was like being being turned down for five bucks and then asking to borrow 500. Yeah. And that's what this scene reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Here he gets this, like, okay, you're going to be in charge of security. He's like, I should be in charge. He's like, slow down. (laughs) Slow down, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. The hell? Uh, Hayachi uh, blows him off there. Jin goes home to find his mother doing martial arts and surprises her with the rewards of his criminal enterprise. Uh, She thinks it's all pretty dangerous. Very judgmental there. (laughs) <laughs> Conrad there editorializing on behalf of um well on behalf of corporate interests it seems but carry oh, on Oh no 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 by all means by all means commit your crimes uh, no judgments here commit your they are crimes you're you're violating the social contract <laughs> Hanging's too good for them Conrad's in <laughs> <and> tooth 2017 <laughs> Now uh, she thinks what he's doing is pretty dangerous and, and that he should stop. Um, and so he teases her about, hey, well, I get at her iron fist, and she does not take this well at all. Yeah. Uh, and it, it leads to a big fight about how she didn't train him to go make money with his training. And he's like, uh, well, so why the fuck did you train him? But he's me? like, That's a- Mom, iron fist is like the Pokemon of the world. Literally nobody shuts up about it, and everyone thinks it's the, like, the solution to their problems. I'm going to iron fist. Slash and, and, being a Pokemon master. Wouldn't it be great if if Pokemon happened in the Tekken world? Like, if we reversed those two around. Pokemon so X Tekken? Pokemon the movie was actually this, but it was a Pokemon battle instead of the Iron Fist tournament. That would have been <laughs> fucking incredible. Almost as good as when I tweeted this morning, that I because I genuinely did. I misheard the lyrics to Fireman Sam because um, a whole bunch of old kids shows from my nostalgic youth were running on a playlist on YouTube. And I misheard the lyrics to Fireman Sam. And I misheard them saying, uh, Fireman Sam makes the devil explode. And I'm like, how great would that be? Uh, you have... I have just now, for the first time, considered the possibility of how great a live-action Pokemon movie could be in, like, five to ten more years. Holy shit. Yes, yes. Mm. Right? Yeah, I mean, not not to say that CG isn't capable of doing it well now, but I think just a little <coughs> more time. Yeah. little... Oh, my God, the things that they could do. That would be beautiful. You could see oh, every man. little wrinkle on Pikachu's butthole. I, but I mean, you could have, but like, you could have live performances, and and I could see getting emotionally attached to a rat. Yeah. Well, I'm and I'm I, I'm also just saying that that Pikachu's tail, the way it sticks up like a cat's. Oh yeah. You would see its butthole. Oh totally. So yeah. so yeah, they have to render for, that butthole. 
Yeah, thoroughly. In, in a few more years' time, we're going to demand more and more believability from our movies. <laughs> and technology so... will have progressed to a point where we can capture every individual wrinkle of an anus. Oh, if not every single pore on that anus. Um, you know, so so don't skimp on that. Don't Don't fuck me over on that, Pixar. Or whoever you get to do it, right? It'll it'll be the lead-in one, whichever one, DreamWorks or whatever, right? Nintendo, you can be as family-friendly as you want, but the people demand realism. And if you decide to go there, if you dare go live-action with this, you let the maestros at Pixar or DreamWorks, it would have all merged by then. They'd have been one of the eight corporations controlling the world by then. Um, when they do their, right? When they do that, let them do the butthole. Yeah, Disney. Disney will be one of <laughs> one of the eight. I'm surprised yeah. they're not in this. Disney, Nintendo, um, Walmart, Amazon, Amazon, Google, Google, of course, and Bing, which will have somehow taken over uh, Microsoft in a hostile bid. Alibaba, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dark world we're looking at, guys. So, uh, anyway, Jin and his one mom are fighting. Porn. Uh, There'll just he... be one big porn block, and it'll be the best one to live in. Uh, yeah, because there is nothing at all depressing and miserable about porn. Nothing. Let, let me keep my glossed-over fantasies. <laughs> Don't make me think of the reality. Don't make me think of the reality. Oh God, I am really just imagining how, like how from the outside, awful, yeah. Like every okay, Tekken City, like Jin's mother has this impression of Tekken City that is what I imagined Pornhub City would be like. Yeah, like at least Tekken, at least in Tekken City, at least in like the Anvil and everything. Even in the dirtiest back alley, you still have a pristine, unvandalized, high-definition screen blasting the news at you. What is it? Like, I tweeted that when I was watching it. Like, what the fuck is it about dystopian cities that even the dingiest back alley has a pristine, high-def screen? <laughs> not smashed, not not with, like, like vandalism on it, not, not spray paint, not stolen just there like everything around it is cracked and leaking and smashed and kicked and broken but this glorious high def screen it's only been there like they just installed it five minutes before (laughs) (laughs) they change yep they change them by like 10 minute intervals as soon as Jin leaves the scene like that crowd that had assembled to watch it, a couple of them have climbed up and are figuring out how to take it down. Yep. Someone else is on someone else's shoulders and they've got like like spray paint. They're drawing a cock going into the mouth of one of the anchors. Tekken has so much fucking money that every time they need to make an announcement of this nature, <laughs> they just put a new TV up. <laughs> The only thing that's, like, there is a big sheet of metal that's built into the sides of the buildings to deal with the magnet that's on the back of the TV screen. They just yeah, they just have mounting brackets all over on. the city where they put TVs up. They treat TVs like slap bracelets. Oh, just, and, and 
And I'm sure it's a write-off for them, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, every TV is another fucking... Another little bit from the tax man. Uh, and they can say it's like a community development thing. Like, they're donating. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That's all charity, mate. There's <laughs> no wonder Tekken have so much money. They, 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 they took a hit the first few years on that, I reckon, to get the TVs bought in the first place. But once but they cycle them out, and you know that they're not... <laughs> You know they're not like the highest def TVs. They're like no. 4K, but for like that future. Like oh, the conference already... room TVs they have are like way better. Way higher than that. Like a K in a number that hasn't even been invented yet. Well, um, they're they're like fifty thousand K. Yeah, yeah, like 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 that high. Like like, like the twenty thousand that gigs. I can't even imagine. Um, a number I've never even heard of like that, and. That is fine for them. <laughs> That's a good way to make a lot of money quick. Um, that idea is patented to um, Jim and Conrad at the spin-off Doctors, right? And, it was and our idea like, to buy a lot of TVs and then put them on the wall. If you liked this brilliant corporate governance strategy, listen to Fist Shark Marketing at www.fistshark.com. Nice! What? It's good. Uh... <laughs> So, but yeah, going back to the the Pornhub city, because that is that is how I think June Jin's mother uh, sees Tekken City. It's like from the outside, it looks all glossy. It's like, damn, that's a place I want to be. But on the inside, it's like all ooh, ooh, it's bad. It's all it's all method sadness in there. Yeah. Um. So he brings up his dead father. And about how he doesn't know, because everyone's got to have a daddy issue to motivate them. And he storms off, even though there's a curfew being enforced and his mom told him not to. Oh, is there so a curfew on... going on in the dystopian future city? Uh, what? That's unusual. new. Out on the streets, Jin runs into Kara, who is his girlfriend, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they uh, like talk... a, like a... Not so much like a love interest, but an interest. Yeah, like that's it's it's like his side piece or something. Yeah, like well, they bone down basically. Like that's they do. Well, yeah, she, he gives her some chocolate and she gives him some sugar. Um, yeah, and they do bone down. And then meanwhile, Bonner's crew is about to hijack the airwaves for a little truth telling <laughs> because they've got this narrow <laughs> window while the screens are still up. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> I really like this idea. Uh, and but the 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 jackhammers burst in, and Kazuya himself like just just straight up murders Bonner. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's no spin-off movie for Bonner. Not if we, and, uh, not unless we get a prequel. And, and I'm hoping for a trilogy. There is a prequel. The sequel, the Tekken Two, is a prequel. Oh, no, no, I meant a prequel to Bonner. I want, I want the Bonner. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's just they should, if they were going to make a prequel, they should have made it about Bonner. Yeah, yeah, they should have. It should have been called Bonner's Revenge. Even though it's a prequel, it's revenge <laughs> for what happens later. <laughs> they introduce time travel. It's a mess yeah, of a film. I, I don't think they do, actually. They do in, in Bonner's Revenge, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. In, All in right, the one yeah. that I've just written, <laughs> Bonner goes back in time. 
after he's dead to the time before he died. It makes a lot of sense. To avenge himself. Like, it the, doesn't the, sound the right now. It. The script earns it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's more about the characterization than the, the science. <laughs> you know, if you want science, watch Neil deGrasse Tyson, mate. I'm a storyteller and a truth sayer. So, Plus uh, actor. I, oh. I will be in the film as All right, that is... Now that's a direct Garth Marenghi ripoff, and you. Know. I know, I know. <laughs> it wasn't a ripoff. That was supposed to be a reference. homage. Yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, have said plus actor and not have been expected actor. to be called out by someone. Uh, so, Jin's mom's also get uh, paid a visit by the Jackhammers. Who's they're looking for Jin, and Kazuya has him has them blow up the house. So it's it's pretty bad, David. And that's the other thing, like the casual disregard with which Kazuya has June's house destroyed, with the jackhammer still in it. Well, that was supposed to show what a bad boss he is, what a bad man he is. Because one of the soldiers, like you know, our own people are in there, and he's like, I don't care, like blow it up yeah. with a rocket launcher. Yeah, like, I, guess, I think I the guess... whole point of that was to show you that he was uh, a terrible boss. Right, and it just it it reinforces again that the the jackhammers are people. Yeah, like that was my read on it. Was it was you know it was the the we have reserves from Braveheart. That's what it was. You know, it was fire into your own men. I yeah, don't give yeah. a shit because I am rich and above you all. Fuck you. That that was it. It was just so he is the villain of the piece. In case you couldn't tell by how he was scowling and looked a bit like Mac from Always Sunny. It's a bad day for Jen. Over. Yeah, yeah, uh, but a at least he got laid. Shit. <laughs> I was just about, yep, you got in before me on that. That's why I said selling a drug like an orange early. <laughs> I don't even get to say the breasts are exposed for our pleasure anymore. Like, that was my catchphrase, but now you know, like, when the breasts are coming. <laughs> so then you say it, and I have to repeat it. So anyone watching it now just thinks, like, I'm your little salacious crumb, which would confuse them if they saw us in person, because I'm the jabber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a, I used to have a friend, uh, a college roommate, and we had a similar uh, size dynamic. He was, you know, kind of, he could have been a linebacker, um, uh, and, and I was... That's a nice, that's a nice way of uh, walking something back. We had a similar size, size difference. He could have been a linebacker. I'm not so, no, see, see, well, I'm not saying you're fat, Jim, because I'm saying the site. He could have been a linebacker and so could you. I, yeah, no, no, you, well, no, but you are broad-shouldered and and you're you're a large guy, not just not just too much fat. I'm not saying too much fat on my knees for football, Conrad. If, right, if you're yeah, recruiting uh, yeah. me for you, if you're recruiting me for your football team, I've told you before, like I'm flat, but I I can't do it. This was we we had um, he and I were Jay and Silent Bob were were big at that time, and and it was a similar sort of inversion as your Jabba the Hutt salacious crumb comparison. Right. Yeah. In, in that I was the one that would just stand there, and he was he was like uh, Baby Huey. You, you know Baby Huey from the cartoons. Uh, he's the he's the baby. He's a duck. He's big. He's huge duck in a diaper. That wanders around and gets into mishap because he doesn't understand his own. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you now. So you had yeah. to really, really go deep on the description, but yeah, yeah, yeah I get you now. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a good guy. Good guy. Anyway, uh, <coughs> did he also walk around in a diaper and and get into situations? 
he would just jump up and down excitedly. Oh. Like a lot. Like he'd get he'd get excited and he'd do that. He like he he'd put his hands into fists and he'd just jump up and down and shake his fists, just That's like great. giddy with things. I can't he imagine was... being that excited anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we had easy access to drugs. It was a uh, it's a different uh, time. More you simple know? time. Uh, yeah. a, a more innocent time. It was post-Columbine, but it was pre-9-11. Everybody was having really safe sex because we were all terrified of STDs. And then Tori uh, Amos (laughs) swanned in with her cynicism (laughs) and her hard line against recreational drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Winners don't use drugs. Really? Really, Ms. Amos? Uh, So... So Jen's looking through the wreckage of his home, and he finds a box of his mom's things and discovers a Tekken ID badges in there. Fucking uh, hell. And so Kara pops by so that he has someone to have dialogue with when he blames Heihachi for the death of his mother and vows revenge. It's yeah. literally the only reason she's there. Like, so, so she shows up to have sex with him, to, get, to, to be the reason he's not there, or the other reason he's not there, to protect his mother. <laughs> and then to be the blank wall off of which... Yeah. She's reason girl. <laughs> she's reason girl. She's the reason... Well, no, 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 she's not the reason for anything. She's there to be a reason for things to happen. Right. Yeah, that just, that's that's the value yeah. of this character. I mean, she's there to be a reason for reasons. She's she's the reasons understudy. She's training up. She's earning enough credibility to be a reason in the story. And she never gets there. That's the, the story sad will tragedy. never allow it. Glass ceiling, no, glass ceiling mentality. This is the last we see of her. Mm-hmm. She's done it. She's gone after this. Jin. Goes to the open we call We do see event. her in little flashes, though, because she's watching the TV sometimes. Oh, that's true, at, yeah. At some points, we flash back to you her. You see to her get... at the bar. Yeah, among yeah. other characters that have been discarded by the script. <laughs> like, seriously, like, the, the, the food drug dealer is there. The guys who tried to recruit him earlier into the Iron Fist are there. Like, everyone who the plot's done with, they stick them there. Well, and it's like, it's just like everyone whose lives Jin has touched in the course of the film has to be yeah. there. Um, like, I'd have liked to if, if the fighters he later defeats are also in there. But he treats, he treats everybody there pretty much like shit, except the... F- no, I mean, like, he just... It, it, the bartender's cool with him, and he has a business-like exchange with the drug dealer. Yeah. But everybody else, he's just kind of... He completely, well, like... One he goes, he sees... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, I don't think we're getting a little lag here. Um, we actually tried uh, Podquisition on Discord the other day, and it was a lot better, so we should move we'll this over We'll have to switch over, yeah. yeah. I've never used Discord, but it seems to be the hot new thing all the kids are into. Oh, yeah, it's clearer and, and quicker. It's, it's nicer. It's nicer. We'll, we'll, we did this just out of um, force of habit, but yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, we'll get that set up, because that'll be good. But... Um, I was going to say uh, something and some words, but that's okay. I, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Let's get on with the plot. 
Yeah, so... Oh, I know what I was going to say. That always <laughs> happens. I get you started, and then I fucking remember. I was just going to say, Jin's a bit of an arsehole. If yeah, there's he is. One, if there's one major flaw this film has, it's that the guy we're most supposed to side with is kind of a dick. So is the person who becomes the woman we're supposed to side with. Kind of also a bit of a dick. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know. I but mean... the movie is still flashy and fun and thrilling. It's just the protagonist is... A, like I, I kind of like seeing him get slapped about a bit because he is not nice to people. Well, that's that's good because every single one of his fights goes down exactly the same way. Yes, it, true, uh, true. So uh, Jin goes to the open call event, which nobody has ever actually won, I think, and I'm not clear on how that works. Yeah, they do a kind of... Like, I guess... Someone Tekken to represent the some... people instead of the corporations. Right, but Tekken sends somebody to fight as the like if so, so they have to beat somebody that Tekken sends in order to qualify at the open call and nobody's ever done that. I think that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. And martial law was disgraced in preliminaries, so he's fighting he's the one that's at the open call. Like I think there's one person out of the group that doesn't make it in that winds up having to do this open call thing just to beat the crap out of other people so that the corporations can say that they, you know, opened it up to the people. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. But it's kind of weird and not Yeah, well I didn't question it too much. Um which uh, I think they're banking on at this point. Uh, well, it moves just it, gearing... it, there's a lot of things it breezes past. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just trying to gear us up as quickly as possible for the fight here, which is And, and it's, it's it's effective and it's competently done. And yeah, I didn't have to again. overthink it in this way. It would have been fine for me to just let it go. Uh But you didn't. I didn't. You're you're a petty man. I am a petty, petty man. Uh, outside the arena, a guy is trying to uh, drum up volunteers, but there's not a lot of interest from the crowd um, because everyone sort of knows that this is a fool's gambit. Um, the only two who sign up are a big biker-looking guy and Jin. And once they see, once they're inside, they see martial law break most of the bones in a dude's body, and the biker guy backs out. So it's just Jin, and it's his turn in the ring. And Jin surprises the crowd, and Law for that matter, with some early hits. And uh, Law pummels him nearly into submission after that. But Jin remembers training with his mother, gets a second win, and then wins the match. Um, the fights yeah. in this are good. Like, they're, they're competently executed. These are people who are, if they were not martial arts, and I think... Pretty much with the exception of Christy, everyone in here has professional martial arts experience beyond There's just... a lot and the fights look good and the uh and, and tend to look genuine because a lot of the you know, people are doing their own moves. Uh, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of uh, having to do a close up on kicks or far outs on doubles. Um and they, they do all look good and every of every opponent has some new gimmick or interesting thing to it that mm-hmm. that makes up for the fact that, as you quite rightly say, the fights all go the same way. But yeah, each one gets pattern. a nice extra little bit of a gimmick to it. So that's how they get out of it. So it's like, it's not really imaginative, but there's a new little stippy just popped up. Uh, 
So, watching from a, a boardroom, Heihachi's impressed, and Kazuya points out that the ratings are way up on this. Uh, I love this scene because it reminds me of Max Headroom. <laughs> it just makes me happy. Uh, Conrad, a big fan of Max Headroom. Big if fan you of Max Headroom. On, uh, and they do a lot the of show. these... They do a lot of these seeds where it's just people in corporate boardrooms looking at ratings numbers uh, going up as horrible things are happening. <laughs> it just makes me really happy. And again, again, not original, but well done stuff. Yep. Like, nice, well nicely done. done. Uh, Jin makes a deal with the recruiter guy who is Steve Fox, a former um, Tekken fighter, former Iron City or Iron Fist fighter, I guess, uh, to manage him for the tournament. And as Jin is driven into Tekken City, he remembers the last time he spoke to his mother, which was an argument about Tekken, and he does a sad. Uh, Kazuya's all about the ladies tonight. And much as with Jin and Kara, the ladies are there so that he can express his character motivation. Like, he's got these two women that he is there very clearly to be having sex with. Yes. And he, he's very masculine and very posed, and they're very posed. But it also shows you his frustrations as well. Like, he is uh, uh, an angry well, man, and his sex is um, not even... It's not, like, passionately angry. It's just sort of he's a bit, like... Detached. It's detached and happy. sociopathic. Yeah. It's, it's right out of... It's like it's like they watched uh, um, American Psycho and saw the scene with the two prostitutes there. It's like, that. I want that. But we got to keep the rating good. Yeah, yeah. And we can't afford licensed music. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, well, it's like that, but but where there's that sort of pop culture clash that makes it a sort of, um, you know, I, not, not Ubisoft iconic, but an iconic scene. In this, they go for more grimdark sort of the same message, but um, a, a more dismal tone. And so it's well, kind it's, of me. It's also strangely cut because he is like announcing yes. his motivation. Like, oh yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it'll cut with seeds of the of the lovemaking. Yeah, and, it's, it's and, like, like one of those. Really, he's it's like one of those efficient. Game of Thrones sex position scenes, but yeah. like done really, really badly. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I, I admired the efficiency that with which he accomplished both the sex and the character motivation bit at the same time. Oh yeah, he gets the job done. And he, he does and he does it with two women. Whereas Kara and Jin, he had to do he had to do it over two seeds and he, so he had to bring Kara back for a second one. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna knock this out. I'm gonna do it with two women and they're gonna be ex- they're gonna be too tired for more monologuing after yeah. I'm done. And then it's going to be this big hit on the internet. Two, two women, one motivation. <laughs> uh, so after he's... Uh, and I, it's, of course, of course, to demonstrate how masculine and powerful this character is, he, he literally does exhaust the women who are passed out on couches. And he is without, you know, like not even a bead of sweat on his body. It goes to the bar and pours himself a drink. It is so classically awful. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, as I say, like a lot of this film is very well done and, and slickly produced and, and competent at what it does. 
a lot of things involving Hazia are not, I feel. Yes, I agree. All of the, He is where all, any plot holes seem to lie. He is where characters get very questionable motives for what they're doing and how they're doing them. Um, he is... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the performer is okay. Yeah, he's He does fine. scowls well. He does villainy rants well. Uh, but they try a bit too hard with him, I think. I think that's the issue, is they try their... They're trying their hardest to make this sort of depraved villain... And it comes off as just very confused. Like they didn't know quite how to make him a villain, so they tried everything at once and jumbled it up. Yeah, he does. He has a he's a, like a, a weird pastiche kind of villain, and uh, it's like it's clear what he wants. His goals are always clear. His methods seem a little not particularly well thought out at all. And I guess that's kind of a classic villain trope, but it, this is the sort of plan that should have unraveled instantly. And for some reason, the plot allows it to continue. And I don't, I don't quite get that. And that's, and that's why I have to wonder if the jackhammers are robots. Because I don't think this plan works otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, that's another... Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you see are where right. I'm coming from with that. Now that you say it, now that you put it that way, you're right. Like, all it had me doing at the time was just thinking, like, like why would they do that? Like, like that. Well, that was a quick like turn. A, yeah, that was a leap of logic. Like, like was he really like rallying them to his side over a long time? But no, he it, it, that couldn't have been possible. Um, I didn't quite know. I just thought it was a very fucked corporate structure. <laughs> that's what I ended up putting it down to after turning it in my head. I'm just like, that's a weird corporate structure that whoever's in charge of security can do whatever they want with it. Like the queen with the military. <laughs> so it's like the Red Queen, except, again, that's an AI. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, he's just doing villainous things. It's like, I've turned the guys with the guns against the guy in charge. Yeah. But because it's a Kazuya plot point, they didn't flesh it out like they do everything else. So we're uh, introduced to the other fighters in the tournament uh, back at the conference room with a couple of lines of backstory for each of them that I'm not going to go into. Because most of these people just aren't important. The only one that's really significant, um, well, there's like three that are significant: the Williams sisters and Brian Fury. Uh, everybody else, you can pretty much forget about. They're interchangeable. Um, Brian Fury's the current Iron Fist champion. Steve leaves Jin. Where are they some all of the other interchangeable outside of those? Pretty much. I mean, in terms of their value to the story. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, in terms of story value, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, Raven does so a I few things. I thought they things. were all kind of nice visual, co- you know, they, no, they, that, they made them a nice visual, colorful cast of characters. They are visually I distinct. I will give them that. Like they're the the they get, but they give them like character backstories. Like he was in special forces with this one and this one and this one, and I mean, none of that stuff comes up or is important or significant in any way. 
no, whatsoever. No. It's but again, just points to them it, for points for, for trying and and making it competent without belaboring it. it. This scene doesn't take forever in the way that it really could. It's still light and breezy. It still mm-hmm. gives enough uh, to give you the sense that okay, these are real people. The now, entire now, movie is as efficient as Garcia's lovemaking. <laughs> like we may never get to know these people, but these are people to yes. some extent. That is to be appreciated. Uh, it's just not of value They're to probably us. Probably a here. good, you know. I don't. I don't know what fans think of the movie overall, but it was probably nice that even the bit players in the movie, you know, people who may have been fans of them in the game. Everyone has their favorite know, character, right? They get a little. They get a little spotlight. Yeah. Um, so Steve leaves Jin to hang out where some of the other fighters are doing some training and they all give him stink eye for being, you know, the amateur dude. Meh. Uh, Meh. That's what they all do. They, when he walks in, they all look at him and they all go, they all stick their, like, they pull their, their lips back up, like, to show their teeth, like they're donkeys or something. And they all go, Meh. 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 And the guy who's managing him. Oh, yeah, that's another guy, right? Steve. Steve um, Fox, yeah. Steve Fox. Uh, another, like, really, really um, obvious trope. The whole thing they do with him. The whole opportunistic... Retired not, boxer. Retired boxer who's there to make a bit of a mint off the new guy because he sees the potential no one else does, so he forces his way into a contract. And they have a whole bartering scene. Like, it's just so... I've seen this before, but... Yeah. It's so well done and well acted like the guy doing steve fox like i enjoy watching him the whole time even as he has less and less relevance over time well Um, the steve fox negotiating scene um that actually kind of pulled me back because they did the kazia lovemaking scene i'm like oh okay that's bad Uh, i don't know i don't know i was i had some hope i had some yeah growing hope in this film and then that happened and then we have this sort of delightful barter exchange with uh, with Jin and and Steve, and I was like, okay, I'm back in, yeah, I'm back in. This yeah. Is, it's, yeah, it's it's it a, it's a nice scene. You're right. It, in that the problem with this is that they try to reach with Kazia, and everybody else is sort of comfortable in their position and in their place. Yeah. Well, the problem uh, is as characters. It's... It's it's the main protagonist and main antagonist, and it is hard yeah. to say that the film is. It's a good film. I mean, it's not a good film. Like, let's no. just say that. It's enjoyable, and it is well-produced. And as we say, like they, they go to a lot of effort that they shouldn't have for, you know, in in terms of what we expect from these films, they shouldn't yeah. have. Um, but it, it where it does falter and where I could easily see someone hating it is the fact that its protagonist is unlikable and its villain is nonsensical. <laughs> The, the, the two main driving plot forces are fundamentally fucked. Uh, Jin stares at Christy hard enough for her to notice before they do some awkward flirting. Yeah, he and, says he uh, likes her toes. Yeah. Um, this isn't as com- bad as nice legs for kicking, I mean. Like, it's not it's not yeah. combat annihilation, but it's... Uh, it's one of those scenes again, predictable scenes where it's like he says something that seems creepy because oh I'm look I admire your toes and all this and then it's like oh but it's because I like what you're doing with them because it supports a fighting style so really I was checking out your fighting but is this flirty Ooh. like you've seen this again in like many films about fighting 
And uh, and I guess it's you know pretty clear that Kara is just not that important to him. Yeah, well, she's another human being. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know the extent of the, the nature of Jin and Kara's relationship, and we never will because we'll never see her again. He's found this new love interest, but and he'll ditch <laughs> this new one the moment he gets what he wants. The moment he trades in a bit of chocolate, oh, he's yeah, off oh, yeah. to get yeah. some more. Oh, oh, you. Well, yeah. The the second he finds success. And goes to the big city. He <laughs> immediately tries to better deal Kara. Oh, it's awful. Terrible human being. I've it's heard he's also prominent in the PUA community. <laughs> the tournament opens. Raven and Eddie Gordo fighting happens. And uh, Raven beats the hell out of Eddie and... Jin is kind of taken aback by the brutality on display. <laughs> but he doesn't have much time to ponder it because then he's put into a match with Miguel Rojo. And once again, Jin is nearly defeated but perseveres yeah. with the memory of his mother, driving him into a rage. And he almost kills Rojo at the end of the match. Yeah. Also, again, in another just nod to tropes, he gets advice from his old, uh, you know, the old former fighter turned manager, uh, which he, you know is all moody about accepting. Yep. One of those Yep, it's things. all there. It's Everything is there. Yeah, everything you want from a fighting film is here. Uh, the other fighters are pretty unsettled by his lack of control. Yeah. Also, to um, this film's credit, to point out, you'll notice how, unlike with some films, I'm joining in a lot more with my thoughts on scenes. Because this one held my attention and I can remember things. Like, yeah. normally we record on the day we watch the film, and even then, I'm struggling to recall a damn thing because I can't pay attention. I do not write this synopsis because I, I want to remember. It's the only way I could remember these <laughs> movies. But yeah, yeah, I'm engaged. I got engaged with this one when I watched it, so... Even though we're recording later than we normally do, although nowhere near as late as Assassin's Creed, I'm still remembering a lot of these things with clarity and can point yeah. things out. Um, it's amazing what it's like when you make a movie, like an actual <laughs> real one. Kazia stops by to congratulate Jin on his fight and intimates that if he works hard, he could have he could be a good Tekken employee one day. Ooh. And uh, Jin doesn't seem too down for that. Oh, yeah, it's like, I'll never join Tekken. I'll never be with Tekken. You can suck my day. That's pretty much the tone of it, yeah. No. Uh, and later, Kazuya, having recognized Jin's fighting style during the tournament, looks up his medical records, um, which is, you know, like a, a flagrant viol- a violation of his privacy. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but Kazuya just... is such a villain. He'll do that. Oh, my God. I just realized that this scene is the whole reason why during the announcing the fighters sequence, they spend an extended amount of time showing Jin being scanned by like a wand with a green light projected on his abdomen. Chekhov scanned. I I had thought, yes, Chekhov's, that's very good. I had thought it was just they wanted to show his abs. Mm -hmm. Right, that was... That was really because they were showing off everybody else's bodies. I just because they yeah. really linger. Oh, I'll on his say this as well. The the one thing that that makes up for Jin as a character being an asshole is that yeah, Jin's got some really nice abs and they do show them a lot. 
And I'm mm-hmm. very happy that they do that. That is also yeah. another reason why the film held my attention. So, again, if you're doing Assassin's Creed 2, that's another note for you. <laughs> you want to see those uh, fabs? Get em oiled! <laughs> um, yeah, In the, uh... the morning, fortune so, uh, to look at every day. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really pleased that, that there was a reason, like, they inserted that for a reason. It's another example of no, them caring yeah. about this movie. They gave a uh, fucking shit. Yeah, they did. It's nice. Um, so he looks up the records, and he's shocked when he finds out who Jin's mother is. Uh, meanwhile, Christy and Jin sneak out to the club. Uh, they do a little flirting. Her butt drinks. crack is exposed for our pleasure. Yes, it is. She uh, wears a, a costume. She wears this costume that is cut right down to just show her ass to everyone um, because that's the style of the future. Yeah, it's to sure. show, I, I believe that. It is to that. show future like urban club times. It's like, we don't care. Like Our asses are here now. Also, Live it was the it. best they could do and achieve a PG-13 rating. Yeah, yeah. And God yep. bless them for that. Um, but you uh, can sh- still show as many abs as you like in BPG. That's what I'm saying, Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> uh, they do a little making out when they get back to uh, Iron Fist Arena, and uh, then Christy heads to bed. And Jim, Jim goes into his room. Yeah, he gets attacked. He's not very good at the whole PUA thing. That's the thing. Prominent he is. He's not very good. No, no, he doesn't. He, doesn't, he couldn't seal the deal. Uh, and then he gets attacked by Ninja, which uh, Christy hears, and she comes and, and helps off, help, helps uh, helps him get the assassins scared off. You know what this film misses? Techno music. There should it have been does... techno music for all the fights, but because it was like 2008, 2009 or whatever, it was like, there's, it's not a time for techno music, it's a time for... It's a time yeah, it's, for the kind of music that promotes new WWE metal. shows. Yeah, it was a new metal time, yeah. Otherwise, we'd have gotten some sick techno on those. Like, someone should redo this film, but just, like, redo the soundtrack so it's more in keeping with the 90s or something. And it's not as if, uh, you know, you'd need to change the credits at the end. Yeah, exactly. It's anyone's <laughs> game show. Uh, Nina and Anna Williams... Oh, wait, no, I'm skipping ahead a bit. Uh, Steve is convinced that these assassins are, are Tekken's doing because they're, they're threatened by Jin's success. He's right, by the way. Uh, Jin thinks it might have to do with his mother having formerly been a Tekken fighter, but he refuses to go into hiding. He's going to stick this tournament thing out and have his revenge, damn it. Yeah, seems really silly. Uh, Nina and, and Anna Williams get some shit from Kazuya for having failed to kill Jin. And at the fight... The next day, Jin recognizes Nina as one of the assassins who was in his room. Uh, right before she gets into the ring against Christy. And so he tells Christy about it. And Christy wins the match. And they, they do the, oh, two girls having a conversation while they're fighting about the things that are going on outside of the ring. Yeah. You know, because they're both only seemingly partially invested in the fighting aspect of this, even though Christy just yesterday told Jin that he really ought to focus on the fighting part if he's going to win. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's a really people need to focus on at Iron Fist. A really popular website is Two Girls One Unnecessary Mid Fight Hypocritical Expository Conversation. <laughs> There's uh, Iron Iron Fist has some has some elements to it. It's a complex thing because they. It's a very very it, complex. What a complex web we weave when well, everybody else we is always talking about Iron how Fist. it's all like image and and how you present presentation and shit like that you've got your signature move you've got your signature outfit that's it yeah like pro wrestling or something yeah but is that really important because it really seems like it's about the fighting in the end yeah it does seem like (laughs) the best one who fights will win the fighting i mean i guess it you know i get it from um from a corporate ratings perspective yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they want like, a champion that draws and, yeah. and everything. And, you, and, and I'm sure that for the vanity of fighters, they do want the glory as well as just winning fights. So the most flashy ones, you know, uh, are, are more driven or whatever, and it's, like, culturally bred in. But to st- it, it's when they start talking about every different conflicting aspect as if it's an absolute. The absolute. Yeah reason for the fight that's the problem it would be more fitting if you know everyone had their own reasons and the corporations had their own reason above that right yes, and then maybe yes. every fighter could have been good we're making the films better again that's what we're doing uh so um Kazia tries to get brian fury to kill Jin next uh, blackmailing him with the knowledge that his cyborg enhancements disqualify him for Iron Fist. Just shoot him. That, right, right? <laughs> Just, again, this is where Kazuya is the other big failing plot point, narratively. He keeps... He has many opportunities. He's like quietly... a cancer. Yeah, yeah. He is just destruction, which I guess they later try and point out is his character flaw. But while you're watching the movie, you are just looking at an idiot. You Uh are just looking at an idiot trying to one-up an arsehole. Pretty much, yes. The, uh... They keep framing it as, you know, the only way he'll believably get you killed is if it's in the middle of a fight. Why did he do ninjas earlier, then? And, and, well, and, and, why... and why doesn't he just get a gun? Everyone has guns. You're surrounded by... You're, you're the head of security. That makes you the most powerful man in any corporation, according to corporate law in Tekken. And, I mean, okay, now, I, I may be reading this wrong, but it seems to me like Tekken has a pretty strong hold on the media. That too, yes. Um... So, like, because, you know, the concern in a traditional situation would be, well, if you kill him, he's the people's choice. People will ask questions. What happened to Jin if he just disappears? Right. And I get that. Even the running man had this figured out. And this film, this film copies from so much. (laughs) It copies from so much and again, does it well. But did it? None of them thought the running man. That's one we can look at. (laughs) That had the answer to that plot hole. Yeah. But I suppose they, uh, they needed... Again, this is one of those things where he's holding the fucking... Well, and, and, the plot and Christy, point that says, I have to do this for the film to have its sequences. 
But at Christie, after the assassination, first assassination attempt, she points out, she's like, hey, stay in the cameras because they can't, they won't shoot you on live TV. So, like, there's some awareness and knowledge of this element here. And yet, he's just not, he he, he doesn't just shoot him. Yeah, Kazuya had so many hours before this fight where cameras were not on him. And he has so many more opportunities after this fight that he doesn't take, including one where he has him literally escorted to a cell with guns. And puts a gun to his head. <laughs> yeah. He has after a gun saying to things head. like, I should have killed your mother. I don't want to spoil things too much, but he's like, I should have killed your yeah. mother at such and such. Like, he already knows the folly of not killing people that could like, <laughs> upset his plans. And yet, with multiple opportunities to just put a <laughs> bullet in his fucking enemy's head, Kazuya chooses... He still... He changes the rules of Tekken. He yeah, changes uh, the, the rules of, of the, yeah. the Iron Fist tournament. He changes the rules of the tournament to try and make all the fighters kill each other on the off chance one of them kills Jin instead of shoots him when he can shoot him. He destroys He's in a room everything. full of people who, who already know he's evil. He destroys everything he touches except for the guy he wants to destroy. <laughs> I heard... I heard that obviously... After the events of this movie, Kazuya wasn't getting hired by Tekken again. But he heard of a job opening at Umbrella Corps and was <laughs> snapped right up, practically headhunted. Kazu- Kazuya is, he has the Midas touch for shit. Yes. yes. It's just, it's what he does. Umbrella Corps hired him up. Wesker called him up and said, I'm putting you in charge of our newly acquired Abstergo division. Yeah, it's this is like he's the sort of person who like repeatedly over and over and over again fails in a corporate environment but still gets promoted, still gets a better job. And yeah. like within Tekken that would be nepotism and that's that's kind of understandable from that standpoint. But I could totally see him getting bought up, you know, failing upwards to Umbrella Corporation. Absolutely. And he'd and, be you know, CEO like, in a die. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Totally. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got that motivation. For Umbrella's last day, he would be its CEO. Wesker would sell it to him. Wesker would give him his shares and walk from it. <sighs> so, uh, Jin is put up against Yoshimitsu next. Um, and Steve. Cool gives enough costume. Old... Yeah. For Yoshimitsu, nice costume. he looks nice. Looks good. Looks good. Uh, Steve gives him his old gloves to fight with. And uh, Heihachi wants to... Now he looks a lot to... more like his video game character. Hooray! He does. Hooray! We get, yes, we get the character transformation uh, scene. You know, the, the the passing of the torch. It's all in there. Yep. Uh, now, Heihachi wants to change the fight card, saying that this is a better match for the semifinals. But that doesn't work with Kazuya's plan. So Kazuya just decides that now is the time he's going to take his rightful role in the company by force. Yes. Uh, he, he he kills Heihachi's guard, and using the jackhammers, which he's been given control over, and he secures the room. Yeah, and again, I'm thinking, that's a fucked corporate structure. 
that right. they're listening to him just because he's been put in charge of them. And I'm thinking robots. And you're thinking robots, and that didn't come up with me. All I was thinking was, that's odd, because they're not... Because they're, they're people. Right. But apparently, whoever is in charge of security, as I hinted earlier, <laughs> is the most powerful man in the Tekken Corporation. Is that how Hihachi got the job originally? Well, this is kind of like the idea of a military coup, in a way. Yeah, right? yeah. But those require... Oh my god. Okay, this you know what this is? This is the difference between like a a well-executed military coup scenario and the Phantom Menace. Mm. Like that's the line we're drawing here. And I'm not sure which which side of the line we're on <laughs> except everything that Kazuya touches turns to shit. Yes. Like, the idea that he could successfully execute. I mean, well, I don't know. He's convinced a lot of people to do a lot of stupid shit so far. Yeah, well, I think that's part of it, is he drags people down with him. I mean, let's not forget, a lot of these guards probably would have not been hurt and killed and, and, and gotten in trouble had he not done this. So he probably talked all of these guys into, like, just being dragged into his circle of destruction. Of just, hey, come with me. This is a good idea. They're like, well, sure, there's nowhere this could go wrong. Oh, no, now we're being punched and kicked all of the time. (laughs) This used to happen just like once or twice a year. Now it's all the time. And and he's getting us to kill ourselves. (laughs) And he just shot one of us. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, now, Heihachi's guard isn't... Heihachi's guard isn't a jackhammer. That's the other thing that lends sort of weight to my robots. Oh, thing. No, no, no. I was, I was just acting out Kazuya shooting one of the jackhammers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, all right. Because that's like Heihachi's got his own guard guy who's not in. Oh, the I know he does that. Costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I just, I, I but don't I'm know. just imagining that Kazuya would have, at, at some point give him no, enough I'm sure time. He Oh, he'd yeah. pop them off. Like, he's already, you know, he uses them to kill each other. He'll start doing just that bored. just for sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's, oh, oh, that's going to be what they run in the uh, on the offseason. Yes. You know, that's, that's his new, that's like his American Ninja Warrior programming. <laughs> so, Yoshimitsu and Jin do their fight, and yep. it's extra violent audience is loving it yeah because he's allowed weapons and i was really like this seems a bit unfair but the other one's allowed a weapon as well which again yeah. every fighter seems to be allowed their own signature thing except it must i understand why the people's champion the people's fighter or whatever wouldn't be allowed their own signature arena combat thing Mm-hmm. But it must suck for, like, do they decide by coin toss, like, if Yoshimitsu fights someone else and their thing isn't weapons? Like, <laughs> like do they have to Yoshimitsu's toss for Yoshimitsu's pretty screwed. Yeah. Without his, yeah. Or does every Yoshimitsu fight have to have a, a, a weapon in it? That's a really good question. I also have to wonder about, like, okay, so he's supposed to be a samurai? Uh, the ultimate samurai, according to the uh, either the commentators or the announcer or someone, someone called him the okay. ultimate samurai. And that's and that's all dignity and honor and respect and stuff, right? Like there's like they have like a like a code or something, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, mo- most of them. I mean, codes can be broken, of course. 
Yeah, it's just, I don't know. The ruthless in the arena murder of a helpless opponent doesn't seem like a very, I don't know, samurai thing to do. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's why um, uh, uh, he's allowed the other one, the the the, the, the pole arm or what have you. I'm not sure which official. Oh, no, I mean, just like, I mean. I mean, after he's won, like let's say, let's say hypothetically, Yoshimitsu wins this fight. Yeah, and and and, oh, and because this because is a fight with Jin, because this is a fight with Jin, be killed. Yes, and because this is a fight with Jin, that happens. He almost loses, and then he remembers his mother and comes back. Yes, <laughs> but uh, so you know, he's there's this moment where he's supposed to kill Jin, and he looks up at. Uh, so-and-so, uh, Kazuya, who nods at him to do it, and he's oh, like, yes. okay, I'm doing yes, it. Yes, he's in on it. I, I did forget that detail. Yeah, Yoshimitsu is in on the plan to deliberately proper kill Jin. And this is, once again, Kazuya fucking ruined someone else. Yeah. But then again, I mean, he is called the ultimate samurai by the media in the movie who are speaking on behalf of the corporations. So there is every chance oh, I, Yoshimitsu I think he was is called... not a samurai. You see, I, well, I, in, in terms of honor. Ultimate, he was called the ultimate samurai, I thought, during the briefing uh, area, which was all internal communications. Oh, yeah. Like, they they were running their own sort of... Uh, but then again, if uh, Yoshimitsu's working for Kazuya, I guess that, you know, he could still be just puffing him up. I'm probably mm. thinking about this way more than they did. I'd, for everything this film's thought about... Yoshimitsu's honor probably isn't very high on the list. Probably not. Uh, I'm sure... You know what? There's probably some game reason why this bit makes specific sense. And there are some Tekken fans furious at us right now. That could could very well be the case. He doesn't bounce on his sword in the film. That's the one thing I know about Tekken is Yoshimitsu bounces on his sword. Because I, I do remember now, when I was a kid, I did play it once. And mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was learn how to make Yoshimitsu, because I always went for the character that, that looked, you know, if it was in cool awesome. armor or like an animal or like some sort of yeah. monster or something. And he was like this cool samurai-looking, you know, badass dude with a sword. And, and yeah, I, I did nothing but play until I learned how to make him bounce on his sword, and then I was happy. <laughs> he doesn't do it in uh, the Jin- film. No. Jin wins the match. Uh, same formula as before. He's pretty badly beaten up by this point. Has to be carried out of the arena by Stephen Christie. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, as they're moving through the halls, they see Heihachi being uh, sort of carried off by jackhammers too, or led, I guess, because who's going to carry that man? Yeah. Uh, um. And Kazuya has decided that okay, Iron Fist is just—it's a, a death sport now. We decided it's a death sport. Mm-hmm. And the fighters are not kind of all that thrilled by that. Except Yoshimitsu, you know, they... who's like, I thought it always was. I've been given a <laughs> fucking sword all these years. Uh, so Raven, Christy, Steve, and Jid decide to make a break for it. Um, and on their way out escaping, they, they find the imprisoned Heihachi and release him as well. And Raven gets shot, but he's, he's not... It seems like he might have gotten killed there, but he's not killed there. Why is why is a swordsman allowed in the Iron Fist tournament anyway? It's <laughs> a, a really good question. It's a really good question. Probably because they wanted a, a samurai gun in the Kumite. 
They kind of wanted a samurai because they wanted a samurai, but they thought, oh, that armor's not going to move well. <laughs> There's like a sort of handicap leveler, basically. Yeah. It's like, and he can't reach uh, well. It's like, well. Can we give him like a stick or something like to hit people with them? No, a sword would be best. Yeah, they could have given him like a Kempo sword or something. Wouldn't that have worked? Yeah, yeah, but I'm Kazuya. Yeah, a sword would be best. The four escape into the end, or the five. The five escape to the anvil. Uh, with the jackhammer searching for him, Heihachi tries to justify the horrible things Tekken has done as being necessary to rebuild civilization from the chaos of the prior wars and they do do a good job with him as again not an original character but the you know willing to do what it takes dispassionate not truly evil but you know kind of anti-villain almost kind of guy you know willing to do evil for what he perceives as the greater good yes someone who you know he's clearly been the lesser of two evils and therefore believably siding with the good guys for a common thing they yeah. they do it very nicely. It's well balanced. Like he's, he, you're not sympathetic towards him necessarily, no. which is what's so kind of effective about it. I think. But it's, you do like he, to see him go into sort of badass old man mode. Yeah, and and his perspective is it, it enhances the film. I think so. It's it's a good scene. Um. So uh, he reveals also to Jin that Kazuya is his father. And Heihachi seems to see this as an opportunity to still maintain his legacy and eliminate his troublesome son. Uh, so that's good. Uh, the, the jackhammers do find them, though, and the fighters do the fighting. Steve gets filled full of lead. Uh, so he's out of the picture now. Uh, we get to have the tragic death of the mentor. And uh, the rest are captured again. Kazuya orders that Heihachi will be executed. And he's dragged off to do that. And as it's just, you know, one of these powerful little seeds where he's on his knees and he's like, I'm Tekken, bitch. Yeah. I do want to just point out. So Kazuya wants to kill Jin because Jin is Kazuya's son. Right. Now, at that point, uh, his mind jumped to immediate public death. Immediate death with uh, two assassins. Uh, so, two witnesses. Uh, when that failed, um, out in public with a conspirator who is in the public eye. Let's do that. Um, failing that, let's have everyone held at gunpoint but not shoot him. Um, <laughs> in, in the middle of the uh, uh, somewhat unregulated, uh, fascistly controlled... Yeah, they could have yeah. just killed everybody in that room. Had no problem firebombing... The house. Yes. I mean, hell, he could have shot Jin in front of everyone else because he'd already told them that Tekken was fought to the... Not Tekken, sorry. I'm used to fighting tournaments being named after the the game. Um, Iron Iron Fist. Fist, When he said it was to the death. uh, Like, he's already just said, I'm an asshole and I'm going to have y'all killed. He could have then just shot Jin and said, look, now I mean business. And they're problem solved. Failing that... We're never really given a hint that there's a chance that Jin, who's been alive all this time, would ever find out the truth. You could have just, like, deleted the medical records or tampered (laughs) with them so this is never a problem again. You know, fix it so that when his blood comes up in the system, it shows no connection to you whatso-fucking-ever. Or another tact you could have done would be to have said, yes, I am your father. Now, you know... 
I, I me and your Enjoyed mom, we me got and we on will great. rule the galaxy together yeah, as like, father we and son. Could have tried that. Oh, gained his trust in some way. Um, you know, Hihachi is so bad, but I have taken over, and now now Tekken will be a good company. He could have done instead, so many things. Instead, what he does is tells his father that he, there, that he has this son. <laughs> yeah. He's the one who gives the secret away. And then doesn't shoot him in the middle of nowhere where it could have been completely deniable. Amazing. Amazing incompetence. Um... Kazuya uh, announces to the world the new terms of the Iron Fist tournament and puts Dragunov and Brian Fury into the ring. Um, Brian seems to have no problem with killing Dragunov. Uses a, a chain with large hooks on it to slit his throat in the end. This was a pretty effectively done scene. Yeah. Uh, violent, but not so violent as to require an R rating. Keeps it just uh, under. Keeps it. Keeps and, things nice and clean. But, but, uh... Vicious, kind of dug it. Yeah, yeah, like, they do you a could... good job with uh, Brian Fury as a character. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, as as uh, he's he's just a pummeler. Yeah, as 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 the dragon Takasiya as well. He is this really good, uh, uh, sort of not happy about what he's doing necessarily, but has no problem doing what he has to do. And yeah, when he when his fight scenes are always really brutal looking. So, Kazuya visits Jin and threatens to kill Christy if he doesn't fight in the tournament. Uh, he could have just shot him again here. Right now. Has a gun to his head. Yeah, yeah. When, when he does this. Has it. There. Right there. It's right there. Raven gives Jin a, a pep talk. And then we're off to the races. Uh... As Jin walks into the arena, he remembers every character he's met in the entire movie. He does. We, All of them. We get to remember the film again. And then the final match happens. Brian, being mostly metal on the inside, seems fairly unstoppable. Goldberg! And... You got a fact? No. Oh, okay. Uh, hard as it is to imagine, this is going to be very, very difficult for you to conceive of. Uh, oh, they really, Jin is very nearly defeated. Oh shit! I hope he's okay. But then, then he does this thing where he remembers that he has a mother again. Fuck! He did have that th- mother in the film. He did have a mother, and this allows him to turn the tables. While his friends in the Anvil Bar are, are cheering him on, I love the fans. Right? Because they start chanting Jin, 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 right? But there's like, it's just like the three guys at the bar who tried to get him to sign on initially and do it. Two of them do it. And and they're doing it very, very lightly. Well, initially it starts with one guy on his own. Right. And they cut away. Like when it's it's just one guy. guy. It starts into the second guy, right? And then and it cut it looks, away back to the fighting. It looks so socially awkward and weird. And like, like the moment they cut away, he was like, uh, did, uh, "Okay, this isn't gonna work." Like that's right, where it looks like it's back. leading. But they cut back, and those two people are still doing it. And then all of a sudden, as if it was like, maybe these people are the robots because <laughs> they all, as one in the background, rise up and come to the bar to chant Jin. Yeah, they all do. They all they all come together. They all start chanting Jin, and the barman is very confused. 
It happens so fast. How many of you want fucking gin? (laughs) I did not see that coming. Well played. Thank you. Well well played. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, oh, so... And enraged Kazuya enters the ring to fight Jin now that Brian's been defeated. And and just as Jin is about to be killed, Christy uh, takes a gun from a jackhammer up in the observation booth, the, the, the skybox, and uh, causes a distraction with it. This allows Jin to turn things around again because that's his fighting, his fighting style. Uh, yeah. His fighting style is to nearly lose and then turn it around at the last minute. Uh, very uncommon. It works. But effective. Yep. It's effective. Uh, and then he refuses to kill Kazuya saying that, you know, that's not his way. He's not, you know, that. Yeah. He's not the bad guy. And I will say, unlike in other movies where it's like, oh, you did the silly thing by letting him go. Here it actually feels right. Predictable yes. again. Like, I knew he wouldn't hit him with the axe. It did subvert it a little in that he stopped it before hitting him when I expected him to hit the floor next to him. I uh, yes, I was thinking the yeah. floor next to him too. So that's yep. where they that's where the fucking twist of the movie came in. Um <laughs> but it did feel correct in the story that he would let him go and and the, and, and I like that they didn't have a you, you know him rising up and trying to get him like yeah, he, he wasn't proven an idiot for not doing it because Kazir is, you know, a coward and everything. So yep. him letting and he him stays snivel down. off works. They didn't force him to be killed. Yes, in that way. Um, yeah, he just lets I appreciate him sort that. of simper and everything. And and yeah, I think that was was well done. And and it it, it is borne out that he doesn't kill like it's not like he's going around indiscriminately killing mooks before then and lets the 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 main villain go uh they it was consistent yeah uh after the battle Jin wanders out of the arena uh beaten and bloody and he returns to the anvil and uh as he's exiting tekken city he's saluted by the jackhammers which seems to suggest he's the new ceo of tekken and they're recognizing him there yeah uh, and the people of the Anvil follow him around like a returning hero while I guess there's voiceover narration from Christy talking about how the Tekken name became, you know, or the the machine. What's Heiachi's family line name? What's their family oh, line name? The, Mishima? Mishima, the Mishima clan. Mishima? Yeah, it becomes a, a symbol of whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like the beginning of the Tekken story. Um. Now, there is a post-credits scene. There is, yep, yep. Um, and we get, we're get we taken back to Hayachi's uh, execution. Uh, but discover that he survived by commanding the jackhammer uh, not to kill him. Yeah. Which, again, is what is, I... Th- is robot? Yeah. Is, is robot or not? <laughs> again, like, I, I just thought that... When I watched it, I was like, oh, he finally got one of them to realize what a real corporate structure is. That you don't shoot the CEO because the head of security said so. Um, but it wasn't until you brought up the robot that I then thought back and thought, holy shit, yeah, halfway through this movie, they, they'd become robots. And, and here, you know, again, it would make... Just as much sense for me for the robots to have, a, you know, uh, an override contingency that he would be capable of of employing. 
and it makes sense to me that he would wait to do it. Yes. So as to not reveal not- to Kazia that he, he could do that. Not tip his hand, yeah. Like, he, he knows he's perfectly safe. Uh, so yeah. let let him do this whole thing and and then they can get out and fix it. Yeah, I can... Yeah, yeah. But but that all relies on them being robots. Right. And so I think I I think this I think the thing that this needed to be a better movie was just firmly established more firmly establishing <laughs> that these are robots. One of the jackhammers. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, well that's that's Tekken. But but that's Tekken. Yeah. yeah. Um and I hope we've Tekken you on a great ride through this film. So, Conrad, did you like Tekken or not? I did like Tekken. It yeah, is I think not, we've, we've know, kind of demonstrated, both of us, we were the, yeah, yeah. This was fun. Um, I, maybe I would feel different if I had some kind of investment in Tekken. Um, but as it stands, not having any before watching it, I, I found it pretty engaging. The fight scenes were good. Their efforts to build a, a world uh, through... Both overt and more subtle means is effective. Uh, the characters are, you know, they're okay. Um, but all of the performances are really yes. solid. And, yes. and they make good use of what they have. And again, these are not, you know, like, these aren't, for the most part, actor-actors as we think of them. These are, a, a lot of these people are, are stunt people, martial artists. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, and, and, and yet, so the performances all of them fairly that, believable. The performances that they give are great. Yeah, you know, uh, we've seen a bunch of these movies where you have people who are actors, not versed in the fighting, and can't do the acting. Yes, yes. And these guys and gals, the kind by of and the large, total package. Yeah, I, none I'm of very, them, very pleased. None of them stellar. None of them, you know, leading. Oscar-winning material quality performers, but all of them could have been great action movie performers. I think uh, yep. all of them had the the chops for it. Uh, the it the movie is one part generic dystopian sci-fi movie, one part generic martial arts movie, done above what one would expect from a movie of that imagination's caliber. Uh, it. Slick again. I said slick several times, but it is a good way of of describing this film. Um, it's, it's got polish. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very well crafted, paced, um, snappish. Keeps keeps and holds one's attention. Um, one failing of a lot of movies like this, even competent ones, is they have their their boring moments, their lulls. But at no point, even during the um, expository scenes, they found ways to to keep things engaging. Um, it the dialogue's very breezy, yes, and yes. that and helps. I, I think that helps. I think that's why the uh, the issues with Jin and Kazuya as characters aren't aren't so detrimental to the film is because not not much time is lingering on them to the point where we're like, okay, this is starting to make too little sense because yeah. stuff's moved on. And in that way, you can sort of have some not gr- not good writing, still be good entertainment because it's it's still snapping it along. So it's like just don't think about it too much. Let's we've got a film to have happen here. 
and and even even on over examination, I, I I can't I can't be upset about that. Yeah. You know, there's there's a couple of beats that could have been better. Kazia definitely could have been a better, uh, a more effectively portrayed villain. Um, Absolutely. Um, and again, nothing wrong with the performance. The the performer no. was fine. Uh, he was he was like like I said, scowling and and doing his ranting and and was a believable uh, real shit heel. Uh, he just wasn't given enough script wise to back him up. But yeah, that's I, that's pretty much it. I'm I'm happy on the whole. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did not feel like this was a waste of my time, which is uh, I might I might make the wife watch it actually. Well, there we go. And again, yeah. some of this might have been influenced by the fact that we watched Assassin's Creed, but I ha- I'm fairly certain I've seen other movies since we watched that disaster. Uh, well over a month, well a month and a half ago. So uh, yeah, good, good watchable film. You know, not a great Needed film. This. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's very easy to compare this to Double Dragon. Um, it, it, it is there's kind a of a lot of commonalities. Less comedic Double Dragon. I think I prefer Double Dragon because there's just so much. It's kind of joy. It's in in the haphazard construction yeah. of it, and yeah, yeah, this um, one's too competent to be laughable, and yeah. and and many films that aren't. If a film's not going to be good, it, it can get away with being laughably bad, and you kind of get lost in the middle when you're just competent. And this movie is competent, uh, but but not boring. Not boring. Either. No, if you are absolutely stuck for something to do, this will. I think do you well. It's not something yep. you should make special time. I would not for. plan a night around it. Yeah. No, don't plan a night around it. But if you know the night's dry, there's Tekken. There's always Tekken. There's always Tekken until you've watched. What are we doing next time, Jim? Well, we are going to return to the world of Pokemon, where Mewtwo Ooh. will be returning because we're watching Pokemon Mewtwo Returns. Oh, right. I'd have called it the... Pokemon Mew and then done two in a two, number two. Ah, uh, you see. But they went you for see. Mewtwo Returns. Uh, I have not seen this one. I'd I'd seen, because as I yeah, said last time, I was a big Pokemon fan uh, as a kid, uh, watched the movie uh, several times before we'd seen, uh, seen it for Spin-Off Doctors. And not seen any of the others. So I have no idea what to expect going in. Well, that'll be fun. That'll be I'm fun. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll get us wrapped up then. I'll get us wrapped up like a nice Christmas sausage in pastry. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Conrad, for joining me and uh, telling us all about Tekken and... Join us again. We'll be back two weeks from now. Uh, hopefully we won't have any tech issues like we did with the Assassin's Creed one. And with Mewtwo, that will be Mewtwo Returns. We already mentioned, but we do another podcast together. It is an improv comedy podcast, Fist Shark Marketing. You can see that at fistshark.com. And you can follow Conrad on Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman. That's all one word. Don't worry about it. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay. That was a good one.